Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Looking for the successiest new job? Or maybe the techiest? Or the chefiest? Or perhaps the salesiest? We have them all and more on Ireland's jobsiest job site, jobs.ie, where 90% of jobs advertised end in a hire, so it's the savviest place to search too. With smart technology that matches your CV with the career you're looking for, just register today and download our app to find your dreamiest job. Jobs.ie, the jobsiest job site. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Learn how to store your gun securely and make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Hi, friends. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. We're your hosts for SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's podcast celebrating all things SpongeBob universe. We have the privilege that not many SpongeBob fans get. This being an official Nickelodeon podcast, we get to interview the brilliant humans behind the names we've all been reading in those credits for over 20 years. This is a podcast by fans for fans. Listen to SpongeBob Binge Pants on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When I think of growing up in Puerto Rico, I I think of the drone of of waves crashing on the beach. I think of horns. People like to honk the horn in Puerto Rico for all sorts of stuff. I think of the the vendors pushing what we call piragua carts. People blasting reggaeton. I mean, definitely like a rite of passage how how loud how loud is your car stereo think of people saying good morning everywhere i mean in elevators on the street i didn't appreciate at the time how like truly weird it is that you know you like you learn how to ride a bike you learn how to swim you learn how to to like get around and you learn that the government is kind of doing a shitty job it was taken as such a given that the government didn't function well, that it was incompetent. It was like a you know waving of the hand, kind of like, oh yeah, the government. Oh yeah, the electricity was out for the past four days. It was kind of like that. It was like a nothing surprises me sort of attitude. Puerto Ricans and I, th- I think rightfully, don't, don't want to be anything other than Puerto Rican. But at the same time, I think they understand that, that the circumstances in which they live are not ideal. And those circumstances for so long have, have been really dictated by someone else. But I think that there's also not just an awareness in Puerto Rico, 
but there's a desire to do something about it. So when this guy named Lorenzo Delgado pops up first, you know, in Ponce, but then all across the island, and he's like, we need to do something about it. Everyone's on board. Chaos in Puerto Rico, a 6.4 earthquake and multiple aftershocks rocking the island. Puerto Rico's governor just moments ago revising the death toll from Hurricane Maria up to 2,975. Six people have been arrested, including two former Puerto Rican officials who are allegedly diverting federal funds to politically connected contractors. Calls for Puerto Rico's governor to step down are intensifying today after what appeared to be the largest protest on the island in decades. Breaking news overnight, the governor of Puerto Rico resigning announcing his plans to step down after nearly two weeks of protest. I'm Roberto Ferdman. I'm a correspondent for Vice News. And this is Vice News Reports. So the first introduction that a lot of people get to Lorenzo Delgado, to the Lion Man, is this video. Saludos, mi gente, saludos. You know, kind of like selfie-style video. Tells people that, you know, you, you, you're going to want to stick around. You're not going to believe what you're about to see. Para que vean lo que es el descaro en Puerto Rico. And, and then he proceeds to walk into a warehouse, I mean, filled with undistributed supplies from Hurricane Maria. And you don't have to live in Puerto Rico to know that that's going to make people really upset. That finding out that there are all of these emergency supplies that were not actually given to people sitting around. You see boxes and boxes of pampers and stoves and, uh, you know, the blue tarps that you see on, on buildings and homes all over the place after hurricanes. You see all sorts of supplies that are just sitting there, many of them, you know, still packed up in plastic. And over the course of, I think, almost 10 hours, he ends up spending filming live, feeding live to Facebook. About a million people watch the video. People are commenting like crazy. He's on not just local news, he's on not just national news, he's on international news. A head-shaking discovery in earthquake-ravaged Puerto Rico. He's getting calls from BBC, CNN, you know, the Washington Post, New York Times. Life-saving supplies 
just sitting in a warehouse in the southern city of Ponce. All over the place. In Puerto Rico, outrage is growing after a stash of untouched emergency supplies was discovered at a warehouse. Tonight, thousands of Puerto Ricans suffering from the aftermath of powerful earthquakes. Just discovered there's an entire warehouse full of items donated following the wrath of Hurricane Maria. Puerto Rico's governor fired the island's emergency services director on Saturday after a video showing aid sitting unused in a warehouse went viral on social media. To give interviews, to comment, to use his video. I mean, it just goes bananas. And demonstrations have begun on the island with hundreds of protesters chanting outside the governor's mansion in San Juan, calling for her resignation. Lorenzo goes by El León Fiscalizador. El León, the lion part, which is León in Spanish. It's actually because the crest of Ponce, his hometown, is a lion. And then Fiscalizador is a word in Spanish that's somewhere like at the intersection of investigator and auditor. So it's it's almost like, you know, the the like Fiscalizador from Ponce. The day that I met him, we drove to his house. He lives kind of like in the mountains on the outskirts of, of Ponce, which is the second largest city in Puerto Rico. Lorenzo! How are you guys? Sorry if I come in? Yeah. Lorenzo himself physically looks like a cop. I mean, he's, he's a big dude. He's probably like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, cleanly shaven both his head and his beard. He's both intimidating because of how big he is, but also how confidently he stands. And he's, he's also kind of disarming because he's a really nice guy. He lives in his grandfather's old house. He has like his equipment off to the left, off to the side, and that's like drones and, and a bulletproof vest and cameras. And he sits there throughout the day answering tips, answering calls, and also filming live hits from, you know, his quote-unquote studio. On his most followed Facebook page, he has like upwards of four or 500,000 followers. How many messages do you wake up to each day? Um, depends. Sometimes 100, sometimes 50, sometimes 20, sometimes 200. <laughs> it all depends. It all depends what happened the day before. If I got a big, something that, that went viral um, on news or whatever, that day I'm going to have, next day I'm going to have at least three, four hundred messages. It's when he's filming outside of his studio that you really get a sense of what he's like and what distinguishes him. He does it in this distinct style where he goes live on Facebook, he announces himself. Every single time he starts, he says, Saludos, saludos. Saludos, mi gente. Saludos, saludos, mi gente, saludos. Saludos, mi gente, saludos y muy buenos días. Saludos, mi gente, saludos y muy buenas tardes, noches. Um, which is, you know, hello, my people. And then he kind of dives into, I mean, who knows? You kind of are signing up for a, a random adventure when you tune into his lives. En Puerto Rico se están robando las elecciones. En Puerto Rico el sistema electoral no sirve. The sort of videos that he does range from investigative videos where he's going through documents 
to... 1.993.743. A cinco entidades gubernamentales. I mean, videos where it's basically just him sitting there ranting about politics, criticizing people, complaining. El, 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 el status social que usted tenga, como quiera, estamos en las mismas. One of my favorite videos that Lorenzo's ever posted was like a year or two ago. He went live while preening himself. Saludos, mi gente, saludos. La bachata, me encanta la bachata. He's like sitting on his patio. He has music playing in the background. It's like a mixture of like merengue, bachata, salsa. And he's shaving his beard, like trimming his beard. He's trimming the top of his head. And then he's trimming his eyebrows while taking questions and just like talking off the cuff. I think it's really hard to put Lorenzo into a box, like describe exactly what he is. His detractors, you know, will call him a like a, a phony internet influencer. I think his supporters call him a would call him like a hero investigator. So are you like a private investigator? Are you like a spy? Are you a like a, no. a citizen watchdog? Okay, let me show you something. When when I start my first time, my first day doing this three years ago, I start with a cell phone. I go I get tired of you know, seeing how the government spend our money on the city, on the streets, on the people suffering. Lorenzo's adventures have evolved a lot. I mean, everything started with him filming potholes around the island, and that's that's still part of what he does. And I start to record streets with big holes and stuff like that. So I start to filming with my cell phone. After that, I buy a little GoPro. And after that, by another GoPro, and after that. The sort of themes that Lorenzo tackles all fall into this, like, amorphous space that is corruption. But most of the time, when people say corruption, they don't mean, like, a duffel bag full of money. They actually mean incompetence, mismanagement, nepotism. After showing me around his place, you know, for a bit, he, he took me downtown because he was hungry and he wanted to get a hot dog. El widero, dímelo. Hey, lo que hay. But we like, could not get an interview in because people kept stopping and honking their horns. People kept asking to come and take pictures with him. People kept coming over and introducing themselves to... To, to me and then really to, to him, to Lorenzo. And people were asking him, you know, if he's going to run for mayor. When we talk with someone like that hot dog vendor, we immediately realize that Lorenzo means a lot to people locally. He's saying things like, God sent Lorenzo to help Ponce, to help Puerto Rico. When you're walking around, how often do people recognize you or say hi? All the time. Honk the horn. 
all the time, everywhere that I go in Puerto Rico. Spend a few minutes with them, I say hi, whatever, I hear them. They need somebody to listen to their, their problems. And I think they see that on me the, the first time. Somebody really say, stand up and say, um, no, this is wrong. Lorenzo kind of like comes out onto the scene at this like perfect time because he pops up not only after a long stretch of just repeated crises, but then also it's an election year in which there is a microscope on politicians trying to run for re-election, trying to get into office. Puerto Rico is divided into 78 different municipalities. Every single municipality has a mayor. And Lorenzo is doing this kind of like novel thing where he's bringing tons of attention to local politicians, to mayors of municipalities that normally don't get much attention. After the first day with Lorenzo, we, the crew, like we all knew that we wanted to make sure that we went on one of his expeditions. I'm somewhere in the mountains and it's raining. I'm on my way to go meet Lorenzo because he was looking into a tip and found something pretty interesting. So he, he tells us that he has this tip about some wood sitting around that hasn't been used, like planks of wood, you know, money spent by this local government in a municipality called Maricao, which is a mountainous town in kind of the southwest of Puerto Rico. Eventually we show up, and it turns out that the wood was there, but it was in good shape, and it was not a big deal. But he found these containers, and he had peeked inside... And he goes in and he finds that these, these containers, which are sitting in the parking lot of like an old overgrown public baseball field that's like also abandoned, are filled with historical documents from the town. Bien interesante, bien importante. And I mean, like, stuff from mid-1900s, early 1900s, some of it from, even from, like, the late 1800s that are just rotting away. Maricao, and the number November, 1911. 1911. Oh, my God. There's, like, rat shit all over them. They're, they're like, ripped in just, like, total disarray. And it's the sort of thing that any functioning government would have preserved, would like be preserving. 1911. And that's not even the craziest part about this story. He comes outside and sees that there's some municipal workers standing around a truck and decides that he's going to go over and ask them if they know where the mayor is. Lorenzo asked this group of people if they know, if they've seen the mayor, if they know where he is, and they say no. He's asking about the containers. Yeah. 
No puedo grabar. The guy is telling him to stop no filming. Pero no, yo le estoy haciendo una simple pregunta, caballero. Saying he's going to call the police. No, puede llamar a quien usted quiera. He's saying I'm asking you a simple question. Eventually the police show up and it isn't until Lorenzo is standing with a police officer and gets a call from someone that he knows. That he learns that the person who was on camera telling him that he didn't know where the mayor was is in fact the mayor. Wow. 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 And it becomes kind of the, the like bulk of this story. I mean, the way in which people know about it in Puerto Rico is that video where the mayor of Maricao says he doesn't know where the mayor is. It becomes like a pretty embarrassing thing for him. At some point, Lorenzo goes from being just like a random dude to someone whose whose words and videos have have the potential for impact I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me In a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra Start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. At Avonmore, we know that fresh milk tastes great. But if you're lactose intolerant, drinking regular milk can leave you feeling, well, not so great. That's why Avonmore lactose-free milk is the perfect choice for you. It looks like regular milk, tastes like regular milk, and it's packed with all the nutritional goodness of regular milk. But there's one little difference that means a lot. It's lactose-free. So now you can enjoy the same fresh milk taste and feel great afterwards. Avonmore lactose-free milk. Feels good, tastes great. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. In this season of Unobscured, we will follow Grigory Rasputin's transformation from a peasant at the crossroads of history to a monster at the center of far too many legends. And in the process, learn how he took the weight of a fallen empire with him to the grave. 
elite aristocratic society in Russia at the time was fascinated with very spiritualist leaders, with gurus, and there was this desire to seek alternate ways of connecting with reality that traditional religion and the church were unable to explain to people who were seeking answers to sort of these life's questions that seemed to have this pressing urgency right around 1900. Join us as we make our way into the burning palaces of Imperial Russia to dig up the truth about Grigory Rasputin. Unobscured Season 4 is available now. Listen and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So another thing that we learn, he's he's also pretty scared. He's pretty paranoid. When you do this kind of investigation, you create a sense. When I go places, I feel like, wow, tense. So that's why I take care of myself. You know, I've got bulletproof jacket. I change cars all the time because I rent it. <laughs> I took Lorenzo's fears seriously, but I also understood that his fears might have come from a place of, of like self-importance or might have come from a place of inflated sense of self. Maria Maita Melendez is the longtime mayor of Ponce. And she's someone who is kind of just known to be part of the political establishment in Puerto Rico. And Lorenzo really doesn't like her. And he's made it really clear over the course of basically the entire time that he has been doing this online persona thing. Primero que nada, esas personas que usted dice que supuestamente se amarraron. Usted sabe por qué usted dice supuestamente, porque usted no tuvo you know, highlighting what he felt were extravagances in, in the budget. No merece ningún tipo de respeto. Money misspent. Usted es una persona mentirosa. Poor quality of roads. She's also the mayor of Ponce, the municipality where Lorenzo found this warehouse. Una descarada como alcaldesa es, es una vergüenza para el pueblo de Ponce. Um, so do you mind just first time saying your full name, saying who you are? Uh, my name is uh, Maria Magita Melendez Altieri. I am the mayor of Ponce. So I made a few conscious decisions ahead of the interview. One was that I was going to ask her the kind of puff questions up front. So how, how does someone who is a dentist for 30 years enter into politics, <laughs> become the mayor of the second largest municipality in Puerto Well, Rico? let me tell you that uh, since I was a kid, I always... And then get into the stuff that we were hoping to talk about. There were protests over the warehouse that contained containers here in Ponce, containers full of supplies they were supposed to be given out after Hurricane Maria. Well, let me tell you this. I didn't know that there was a warehouse with full of, of supplies 
for emergencies in Ponce. We don't knew it. I, I have no idea. Any mayor need, need, even knew that there was a warehouse. Th those warehouses are owned by the central government. So at the, at the moment in Puerto Rico, part of, like, aside from these protests, there's kind of been like a citizen journalist investigator sort of movement. And there's, you have kind of a public battle with someone living in here in Ponce, who his name is Lorenzo Delgado. Enzo Delgado, he goes by El Leon Fiscalizador. Um, he's not a journalist, okay? He's not a journalist. What he's is a he? person who people pay for uh, making news. And as soon as as soon as I started asking about about Lorenzo, the whole tone of the interview it just completely changed. She immediately both said he's not a journalist, and I don't know him really because I haven't talked to him. I don't know him at the same time. But you, and, but you uh, know who he is. I mean, you, well, no, I, I have seen him in the street. I have seen, but I haven't talked to him. It's like, I don't know anything about him. I've never met him, but, but here are a bunch of things that I've heard about him on the street. It's very clear that you don't like each other. Is that fair? No, he doesn't like me because he's, uh, he's uh, favoring the opponent persons that are, uh, that are uh, uh, in, in, in other political parties. So he's sometimes telling things that are not true. And then after the interview, as soon as she thinks that like she's off the hook. Gracias montón. Le agradezco su tiempo. Yo sé que esto. Lo que pasa es que algunas veces uno tiene que preguntar. And I start talking to her in Spanish. She makes it very clear that she has a lot to say about him. She just like rails off everything bad she's ever heard about Lorenzo. The things that were in the warehouse, check there, check his charter, check his charter, and you will find many of the things that were in the warehouse. That he stole stuff from the warehouse, and I need to look at his storage unit. That that he stole a car and and credit card from his ex-wife who lives in Ponce, that he was in prison, the kind of suggestion being because he had spent time in prison, he's not trustworthy. She was like very clearly just unloading everything that she had ever heard about him that was bad. And then the kind of cherry on the top was just before she walks past me in the camera, she taps me on the shoulder and it's like, Don't say, I say it, but people have told me, okay? I didn't tell you that, Thank you. but I've heard it. At that moment, I remember right afterward, while the overall impression was like, she wants it both ways, we were also like, shit, like, what do we not know about this guy? Hello. Lorenzo. Hello. Lorenzo, me escucha? As soon as the interview with Maita ends, the first thing that I do is I go over to the car, um, I sit down and I, I call Lorenzo to see what he's doing, see if I can go over uh, and see if he's willing to talk about some of these accusations. Me dijo, bueno, ella tiene unas acusaciones de ti, y pues quería ver si tienes un poquito de tiempo para reunirnos, para solamente hablar. Claro. Yo, ah, bueno, yo, yo te digo en persona. O hablamos de ah. en persona, okay. So 
he says yes, and I immediately go over his place. And there, out on his patio, I ask him directly about every single one. The first thing that I ask him about is, who's funding him? Do you have a, do you have a sense of how much you spend each month? Oh, uh, you know, probably like thirty-five hundred, four thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. It's not a little money. Yeah. Do you have savings? No. So people pay it in sponsorships? They... Yes. It's people that help me that they don't want to be in the scenes, you know? Like people that, for example, knows that I need some equipment. I say, okay, how much this equipment costs? Okay, I'm going to get it for you. Like that you can keep doing your job. That are kind they, of stuff. Are those, who, are those people involved in politics? No, at all. No, at all. No, I, I always, that's one thing that I say no. We have never gotten any indication that he's getting money from politicians. But it is still, to this day, kind of unclear where, where some of his financing comes from. What he's explained is that he had originally a few larger donors uh, and says that they were mostly in the United States. And that over time, he's been able to take less and less, in some cases, no money from them, and basically breaks even every month, mostly through sponsorships, advertisements, and a little bit from, from merchandise that he sells, but I suspect he doesn't sell very much of it. I think it's really hard to know what someone's true motivations are. I think that there was a part of me that was not skeptical, at least like wondered if maybe there was some sort of sinister reason behind what he was doing. You always, there's a little part of you that, that worries that there's something that you're missing. And, and if you're doing a story that's mostly about one person, like if there's something you don't know about this person and it's bad, it like can erase everything. I ask him, about whether he spent time in prison. Have you, have you ever been in prison? Yes, yes, I was in prison. I learned that when he was around 20 years old, he was arrested for being part of a drug operation that sold cocaine. He spent most of his 20s in prison. I don't know who I am right now. When I get out, years ago, almost 20 years ago, I get out a complete different person. I also asked him about the accusation that he had stolen a car and a credit card from his ex-wife in Ponce. She also said that I should talk to your ex-wife who lives in Ponce. Okay. She said that she's accused you of taking things from her. Never. My ex-wife? <laughs> First, it's not my... Do you see how much she knows? She don't know nothing. First, it's not my ex-wife. It was my girlfriend. But as Lorenzo pointed out, and it's true, he does not have an ex-wife in Ponce. He has an ex-girlfriend who came to Puerto Rico with him from Florida. He didn't take stuff from the warehouse. There wasn't stuff in his storage unit. And he did spend time in prison. But he was also forthright about that. And if you go back and look at his like online presence, he actually says that early on. It's something that he, that he talks about in the press and you know, other interviews that he had done. An election year in Puerto Rico is a, is a big deal, as it is anywhere, but a lot of mayors are up for re-election. The governor is up for re-election. But on a local level, 
all across the island. The election of mayors is where Lorenzo brought attention that just did not exist before. Because in some of these towns, there are only, you know, 10,000 people. If you have someone with hundreds of thousands of followers going on multiple occasions to a place to show the excesses of a person, the condition of streets, the condition of homes, the condition of a municipality, I think it has a pretty big effect. Lorenzo focused on seven different mayors around the island. So on election night, as votes are being tallied all across the island, Lorenzo is just outside of the place, this big coliseum, where they're tallying the votes. And he's live, of course. And he's watching these results come in, and you can see his eyes lighting up. He tells his co-host to ask him how many of the mayors that he went after specifically won their re-election. And he knows the answer. The answer is zero. And when he says it, Lorenzo gets up and he starts dancing. Does that mean that it was just because of him? Probably not. But did he make a difference? For sure. Absolutely. But when you go look at the places that he focused on, and I'm not saying that it's just him. I don't, I don't think that it, that it was. But these mayors didn't like, just lose by a little bit. Maria Maita Melendez... I think only got like 30% of the vote. I just trying to, to like every day, show the people in Puerto Rico how the government works. And they're learning. They're learning. I mean, election was a few days ago, and the... The election result shows that the work that we're doing is working. Why do you say that? What do you mean? Well, this election is very balanced. It's great for the for Puerto Rico. It's bad for them, but it's good for us. Because now, when they want to do something, they have to talk with everybody. And that's how it's supposed to be. Even before the election, we would ask Lorenzo things like, what happens next? Like, what do you do next? What do you do when these people that you're targeting are no longer in power? So what's next? Well, now that I prove that people listen, well, I have to be way more responsible. Now people trust me way more. um, And I go for more, you know, deeper now. I think that baked into a story like this, there's this need to paint him as a hero, as a, you know, kind of like unequivocal hero, like he solved it. Uh, but, but, you know, in reality, you know, I don't think that he's solved nepotism, corruption, mismanagement, um, or any of these things in Puerto Rico. I don't know if that's actually possible for, for one person. You know, I think at best, you kind of leave people with a question in this case instead of an answer to a question. And, 
And I think the question is, okay, this is like, this is awesome. What do we do with that information? What does Puerto Rico do with that information? And I think that's an open-ended question. I, I think when you become a, a part of the government, you lose the sense of touching person to person. I don't want to lose that. I love that. You know, they offer me. They they offer me many things. They offer me even work on TV stations. I know. I stay here. You know, I'm gonna do it this way. I'm gonna make it this way. Everything starts from a cell phone, and I I have like five cameras. So that means that it's growing little by little. So I just have to be patient and do the right thing. And I'm gonna make it. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. Remember when we thought tech would save the world? Now we fear it may bring about the end times. But we don't have to live in the futures we see in Terminator, Black Mirror, or Westworld. We can choose a different path, where instead of being used by tech, we use tech to bolster our individual participation, to strengthen our relationships, to help us flex our collective power. So season three of How to Citizen with Baratunde, it's all about tech. Launching October 14th, we will bring you the people building things with technology that go beyond just revenue and user growth. They empower us to citizen. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. I asked what kind of family she wanted. She said, a family like yours. Learn more about adopting a teen at adoptuskids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Special thanks to Roberto Ferdman for reporting this episode and also hosting it. Vice News Reports is produced by Jesse Alejandro Cutrell, Sophie Casis, Jen Kinney, Janice Yamoka, Julia Nutter, and Sarah Quevedo. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek and Adiza Egan. 
Our associate producers are Sam Egan and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Special shout out to Laylee Resvani, who was our intern all through the summer. This week is her last week with us, and I gotta say, she blew us all out of the water. She is an incredible intern. She showed so much initiative, and I am deeply, deeply sad that she is going back to Stanford University to finish out her studies. Laylee, we all wish you the best. Our executive producer and VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Production coordination by Steph Brown. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bowen. From iHeart executive producers Nikki Etor and Lindsay Hoffman. I'm Ariel Zemras. I know podcast hosts say this all the time, but please take the time to rate and review the podcast. It really does help other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. It robs you of the simple joys of life. It drains your motivation to the point where you can't get out of bed. It's seeing darkness where there should be light, feeling despair when you should feel hope. Depression is a common condition. You don't have to go through it alone. AWARE provides support, education and information for people impacted by depression and bipolar disorder. Find out more this AWARE Mental Health Week, October 4th to 10th. See aware.ie. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now, there are vaccines. And they are the very first step that let us get back to what we miss most. It's okay to have questions. Is it safe? Should I wait? Now, get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council.